Hi guys, welcome to Fine Wine. This is Sarah. And this is Heaven. And today we're going to bring you an episode about boundaries. And we have a special guest with us here, Mom. Hi. I'm Heaven's mom, Monica. First, I just want to say congratulations on your new podcast. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so proud of you ladies. I think this is very brave what you're doing. Um, Very vulnerable and very necessary. Creating a space for moms. I wish I would have had a podcast to listen to when I was a young mom. So congratulations. I just wanted to make sure I said that. But I'm Monica. I'm Heaven's mom. Do you want to like tell us about what you do? My background is um, in education. I have a master's in education. I worked for almost two decades as a school counselor with adolescents. So that was kind of my first life, I like to say. And then now in my second life, I left education, started a business of my own, and I do consulting, um, one-on-one coaching and counseling with people, professional development, personal development, things of that nature. So that is what I do. We love that. Yes. I love that, and you're great at it. Thank you. I also was a mom, so there's that. What? Yes. That makes so you much sense. Mom? Yes, I was a mom. I had two daughters, two beautiful amazing daughters who are now adults. They will be 26 and 21 this year. So, um, Tell about age on the podcast. Oh, or... sorry. sorry. <laughs> we have the top 10 unhealthy boundaries list. You aren't honest with others when you feel you're not being treated right. Yeah, so... <laughs> um, I think a key component to setting boundaries is believing that you are worthy of the boundaries you set. Oftentimes I talk to clients about the difference between self-esteem and self-worth. So self-esteem is based on things that we do well, like we're a good mom, we um, have a strong work ethic, we are a good wife, things of that nature. Um, Self-worth is this understanding that we don't have to do anything at all, that we just deserve good things and a good life because we are here we're a child of God or whatever your belief is like just because you are here you deserve good things you are worthy of that so I think the most important part of being able to set your boundaries is understanding that you are worthy of what you're asking for so whether as a mom that be I need more support I need more rest I need you know more involvement and engagement with the kids so that I can do other things, I think you have to be very clear that you are deserving of those things. I always say, like, if you don't respect your own boundaries, like, no one else is going to respect your boundaries. For sure. Yeah, I feel like I, in that attempt, I get, like, a sense of guilt, so that's still something that, like, I am trying to work on. Like, if I feel I need some rest, I feel guilty about asking for the rest, because... Like you said the last time, you are just going to do it yourself. (laughs) number two is letting other people define you or give your life meaning and I feel like I struggle with that because I always am comparing myself to everybody else and being like am I doing enough Mm -hmm. and then you'll have like one person one person literally say something like oh like somebody told me a couple months ago um they said sorry I'm working a real job and that like really stuck with me like it really hurt me because I was like I do so much and Mm -hmm. I know I do so much but Mm -hmm. like I just let somebody else like tell me who I was and what I was worth you know yeah no I agree I think 
I think motherhood is just defined by doing so much, like so much of our worth, if you will, around being a mother is based on just doing all the time and doing everything. I think society kind of, you know, praises you if you're a mom who can do it all. The other part to that is that society also doesn't really validate or acknowledge a lot of the emotional labor that goes into parenting. And so, you know, um, the part of parenting, the planning, the organizing, I had a friend who she would literally plan out dinners for the month. Like she had a calendar, like some app she used. And every single night she knew what the meal was going to be for the whole month. Like the amount of planning and organizing that has to go into that, I think sometimes our society does not really validate that mm-hmm. part of the work yeah. of being and a mother. And then when we do something crazy or crazy, there's a story that sticks with me. There is a mom who went through postpartum psychosis. And if mm-hmm. you're not familiar Lindsay with postpartum Yes. Yeah. And she ended up killing her toddlers and jumping off of the roof with her baby to try to kill herself and the baby. The baby ended up dying in the hospital. But, like, people are looking at her and they're like, shame, shame, shame. But nobody's like... I'm completely with her. Yeah, literally. Nobody is asking, was she okay? Like, did she have any support? Were, was she being supported? And Not to mention that, like, your mental health can change in, like, an instant. Mm-hmm. Like, you could be having a good day, a good month, whatever. You know? You could go through a I great period. the next day and... It just yeah mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. this is like a whole a whole nother topic mm-hmm. we can talk about yeah. but mm-hmm. people were saying like like her husband was like she never talked about hearing voices I know if I went up to my husband and, and said I'm, I'm hearing, hearing voices he'd be like bitch get the fuck he'd out of be my like head. you need help <laughs> and then that would make it worse you yeah. know but that, that but that's a good that's a good point that you bring up part of the reason why we struggle with setting boundaries is. What is the consequence of me speaking up for myself? Mm-hmm. What, what is it going to be that You're I'm going to be gaslit? I'm going to be yeah. told that, you know, my feelings aren't valid or, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to be, you know, just made to feel like I'm crazy as people often make women, you know, feel for expressing themselves. So if you're not in a safe space to set boundaries, that also will kind of influence your yeah. ability to to do the work to to say what you need. Yeah. yeah. I post my life on TikTok. Like, I do, like, day-in-the-life videos and stuff like that. So I constantly have people telling me, like, you do so much. Like, I could never. And I'm like, I am barely holding on. Like, I'm barely keeping it together. everybody's, like, commenting on your life, but nobody's like, are you okay? Are you good? Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) You guys talked in the episode last week about the default parent and about how some of these roles and responsibilities you take on because you feel like you can only do the work. You can do it best. Like, he can't do the laundry as good as I do it. He can't do the dishes as well as I do it. He can't take care of the kids as well as I can. So, you know, this belief that you are the only one who can do it also, you know, is a barrier to saying to somebody, I need help, I need support. I will say that I feel like nobody really can do the job the way that I can do it but I know but that's that's where you have to like find the balance of like it might not get done as well as you want it to get done yes absolutely absolutely yes 
also I think it's important to say that not only do you have to set boundaries with other people, but you have to set boundaries with yourself too yeah. and be like, I have to draw the line here and you can do the laundry. That's how you learn how to do the laundry is like yeah. you do a shitty job, you mess it up and At then the next time you do it better. <laughs> I, I also feel like we have to be careful about this belief that the men are not as intelligent, that they're not as capable. Because what happens is it gives so them it gives them an excuse. Like it yeah. excuse yeah. when you, if you believe that somebody is not as intelligent as you are or not as capable as you are, then you're not gonna set expectations or boundaries because they can't do it. You believe they can't do it, so that you're you're gonna be. So hesitant. they start to believe it. Yeah, yeah, and and you believe it too. So it's like this vicious cycle of like, they their instinct to do changes and alters because they're not required to do it. So they don't have to feel the anxiety of it not getting done because they don't ever have to do it. The next one is saying no makes you feel guilty or like you're letting people down. I have this problem with setting boundaries and then I'll get a response and it normally will be a bad response, you know, like they don't like that I set that boundary and instead of telling myself, if they don't respect your boundary, that's just more proof that you needed a boundary in the first place, I tell myself, what can I do to make them happy? Yeah. And I feel like that's my people-pleasing problem, yeah. and it never stops. I have a very hard time with that. I have a friend who, she was having a friend watch her son, and so there was one day where my friend was like, hey, make sure, you know, you use this rash cream instead of this rash cream because this works better. She got home that night, and the friend was like, oh, I used the other one because it works better for me. Mm. When we talked about this, I was like, girl... <laughs> I would have been livid, livid. Like you told her, you set your boundary. You were like, this is what I want you to do. And she did the opposite because she felt like it was better. I've had similar Uh, situations and I was like, I'm the mom. So what do you recommend in terms of us setting our boundaries and then people overstepping those boundaries? Mm -hmm. I think, um, (laughs) go off girl. (laughs) I always found it easier to set boundaries in defense of my children. So I think it's an instinct for us moms. We talk about being a mama bear to like be able to come to defense of, of our kids. You know, we have to set those boundaries and advocate for ourselves. Sometimes it's different. What I have learned is that most of the time in my life, when I did not have the skill of setting boundaries, I had two defaults. So either I had really rigid, like, curse you out, like, heaven knows, like, I can go to, like... That's me. A hundred, like, (laughs) so it can get crazy. Um, And it it was either that or it was, I want to people please. I want to avoid the conflict. So instead of, you know, having these boundaries at all, I'm just going to allow you to overstep the boundary. So those were my two defaults. And I think through going to therapy for myself, what I learned is that there's a middle ground. Like it doesn't have to be, I'm going to curse you out or I don't get my needs met at all. It, there's a healthy in between. And a lot of times that in between is repetitiveness. Like it is, they cross your boundary on a Tuesday, you tell them, they apologize. And then on Wednesday, they might cross their boundary again and you got to tell them again. And it just, it's part of how our brain gets conditioned to do new behavior. So I think a lot of times we get frustrated and we have these resentments because we assume like these people should just know how to treat us. But a lot of it is we're teaching them how to treat us. And so the boundary has to be set every single time. And it doesn't have to be 
a big blow up. It doesn't have to be super dramatic. It doesn't have to be a conflict. It can just simply be. I don't like that. And yeah. I want you to do it this yeah. Way. For so sure. So my question though is, do you feel like it's right that we have to teach somebody how to behave? Or that is a good point because heaven in the last episode. Why do I have to teach you? to Mm -hmm. do this why can't you just do it i think we're always teaching people how to treat us and we're doing it either through saying and doing nothing at all or we're doing it through doing everything so when you decide that you are the person who does everything the best way the right way and and you're gonna take on you're gonna take on all the chores and all the responsibilities you are essentially teaching this other person that they don't have to step up. Like, we're always teaching. It's kind of irrelevant because that is truly what engaging with the humans is. So unless you decide to go live I feel like on a hill by yourself, you know, and you don't have to engage with other people, you're always teaching somebody how to treat you. So okay. The next one is trying to please everyone around you just so you can feel needed. I feel like we kind of like touched yeah, on, on people, people pleasing, pleasing mm-hmm. but to feel needed, I don't, I think I'm the opposite. Like, I don't care if you need me. I really yeah. don't because I have my kids and I have my husband and I don't feel the need to like make people want me or need me. Mm-hmm. But don't do you have... want to be want, wanted and needed by your husband? Yes, but no. Like if he wasn't treating me right or I felt like, you know, this just isn't going to work out in the long run. I feel like I wouldn't feel the need to keep, like, begging for it. But what about in times when he is treating you right? Like, when things are going well, but you still have a need that needs to be met. Yeah, I feel like it's it's easy for your partner to, like, get comfortable. They're like, I already have you, kind of. And so that's what I struggle with because not that it's, like, a negative thing really but it's just like it's like ins- there's no passion there's mm, no like they effort doing all the things that they did to court you to get you yeah they have you now so. and then it's like now that i have you and now that we're comfortable on top of that you're going to take care of all of my needs mm-hmm. and that's where so what do you do as moms as young moms like how do you how do you set the boundaries we to- cry <laughs> <laughs> We cry and we eat chocolate <laughs> and Taco Bell. <laughs> Taco Bell, are you there? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so accepting things even when you don't want them. I have a story about this. Okay. Tried to talk about this in the first episode, but I cut it out because I got a little anxious and I didn't want to put it out there so soon because I didn't want people to feel like I was, like, coming for anyone's throat because that's not what that is. So I had my daughter's birthday party recently. Um, She just turned three and we had a really fun day for her. But the one thing that I asked everybody was to not bring any toys because we have so many toys and her birthday was mid-February so Christmas was not that long before then and I was like they just have so many and kids don't even play with everything that they have so it's like why bring more yeah on top of the stuff that they're not even using and that's more for My me to kids clean could too play with mm-hmm. a box and they would be happy mm-hmm. yeah it's like I throw some rice in a Tupperware container and call it a sensory bin like you know that was an issue for quite a few people that was an argument between me and CJ, too. 
because he was like, that's, you know, that's my family. That's our friends. Like, why let them do it? Just let them bring the toys. Like, she's three years old. It doesn't matter. After explaining myself, I think he kind of understood a little bit better. Like, Mm -hmm. because I'm like, I'm the one that has to deal with it. And also, my kids get so overstimulated. And only I would know that about them as a parent. Mm -hmm. So if people are bringing in new toys to the house and, you know, there's already so much to do, my kids are going to be bad for me. They're not not even necessarily bad, but they're just overstimulated and Mm -hmm. they don't know how to act because there's so much going on. That's such a good example. I ended up being, being a people pleaser and... Um, we wanted her to have, like, something to stick in her room for, like, independent play, like, if she gets up early, because sometimes that girl, she gets up at 5 o'clock, and I'm like, "Uh uh-uh, we're not doing that. We got her, like, baby dolls and, like, a little bed for them and whatever, and um, I told those people, this is what we're getting her. They have, like, accessories and clothes, so basically we got the dolls, and they brought the accessories and clothes, Mm -hmm. so I kind of, like, met them in the middle, but honestly, like, I wish I would have just, like, kept my foot down because I have a feeling that the same situation is going to come up with my son's birthday. Like mm-hmm. you said, you have to set the boundary because if not, it will just keep getting run but over. But I would never be disappointed. Like, it's hard work setting boundaries. And I think Heaven and I talked a little bit on the way here about, you know, if you are someone who experienced any kind of emotional abandonment or physical abandonment, the fear is always if I this, express this need, this person's going to leave me. You know, this person's going to be mad at me. This person's, mm-hmm. you know, not going to love me anymore. That's a huge thing. You, so it's, I'm, I, it is such hard work. And so we have to give ourselves grace when we can't do it. And that's a boundary that you have to set once a year on their birthdays. Yeah. Like those, you know... Yes, we want to get stronger at those boundaries, but that's a once a year thing. That that's not something that your brain has to figure out every single Constantly. day. Yeah. I think what's even more important is the day-to-day boundaries that you can set for yourself that give you as a mom, you know, some peace and some respite. But yeah, we give ourselves grace. We can, we, we don't all like it's exhausting. It is. it is exhausting. We also had people that had issues with being around other people. My husband's family is they divorced. They wanted to have two different parties. Yes. My husband's family is divorced and they wanted us to have two separate birthday parties. It started like around my daughter's um, baby shower that we had for her. Basically, they were like, we'll pay for this party if you don't invite um, the other person. I'm not going to like name names or anything, but I could see if like you and CJ were separated and you had two different parties, but there's no yeah. reason that. But my issue is that like your trauma and your experience with your relationship and marriage, just because it didn't work out, like it's my turn to raise my kids and I just don't feel like I have to. be uncomfortable, to... don't fucking come. Yeah. Well, Sorry. that they didn't. So that was their boundary, I think, setting that. And I'm, I'm totally okay with that. I said like, if you don't want to come, then that's fine. And I'm they didn't out come. of my way to throw two different parties. Yeah, yeah, and I think to, to your point before, if you start that now, then when does it end? Like, yeah, you'll yeah. have yeah. to two different parties well, then for the rest of, the rest of their, of their lives. Yeah. I guess that's what I was going into. Like we we didn't 
set that boundary when my kids first were being brought into the world and it's three years later and they're still doing the same thing. So they missed the first birthday, gave in, we let them have their own party for the second birthday. They paid for everything. And then the third birthday, they decided to pull it again. And I'm tired. Mm -hmm. I'm tired. I have so much to deal with already. And I think the other aspect of setting boundaries is understanding that how people respond to your boundary is more of a reflection of them and their work and their processing than it has to do with you. I think sometimes I personalize people's behavior way more than it should be. Mm -hmm. Like, this is just who this person is. This is how they treat other people. I mean, if it wasn't your kids, it would be somebody else's. You know what I mean? Like, it's just who they are. So this isn't about me. This is your stuff. It isn't That's like, something they have to do. Yeah, it's the, whether, no matter how, if I set the boundary, don't set the boundary, like, this is your stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So. 100%. Um, okay, number six, being unable to handle something just so someone can take care of it for you. I'm confused. Read it again. Being unable to handle something just so someone can take care of it for you. Like, I'm pretending that I can't do it. Like, I'm dead, like. Well, it's funny to hear your reactions to it because you wouldn't do that, right? Yeah. You wouldn't pretend to be helpless. (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine if I just woke up and I was like, I can't do it today. So that's what I'm saying. Like, as you're hearing it, both of your faces are like, what? Like, why would we ever do that? However, that is what you're saying the men are doing. (laughs) The men are acting helpless <laughs> like they can't do and you were like, Yeah, I do it better. So I, yeah. Yeah, she's spot on right there. <laughs> no, really, like I was listening to that and I was like, What? Was <laughs> How do we do that? Because <laughs> I could relate to every other one but oh. that one. Number seven, falling quickly for someone you don't know well or who has reconnected with you. Okay. I yeah. I have something to say about that. Okay. I know that we both said that we have daddy issues. Mm-hmm. So my dad has never been in my life, really. Um, and the second that he came back, I was an adult married already. And I was like, I just immediately was like, I want a relationship with yeah. him. And I feel like I'm like that. And a lot of my have been like that. I have straight away. Um, but... I'll have friends that are in and out of my life and I will always let them come back because I'm like, I will tell myself it's such a good relationship. But if it was such a good relationship, it'd be a constant and not. Yes. And I feel like, I feel like there's like exceptions to that because sometimes other people need their mental health break and they need to like pull away and that's completely fine. But, um, when you're wishy-washy like that and then you come back into my life and I'm like, okay, open arms. You know, that's something that I struggle with constantly. I feel like I don't have a lot of friends, so I'm always antsy to make friends. Okay, what is this? I don't even know you. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I I feel like that makes me um, bring in people that I wouldn't necessarily, like bring in unhealthy friendships that I wouldn't necessarily involve myself with if I felt like, I had a lot of good people. Yeah. But then I also have to tell myself that the people that I do have are phenomenal. And if I called them at four in the morning, like, they would 
jump to it. So like that is important to me. It's about quality of the people and, and not, not the quantity. Yes. Ma'am. Yes, ma'am. What you both um are describing is what I would call an anxious attachment style. I don't know if I'm ready for this. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't. I'm already gonna cry. Look at my eyes. When we have a parent who um you know, abandoned abandoned us. And it doesn't have to be a physical abandonment. It could also just be that they're not equipped to meet our emotional needs too. Maybe they're in the home, but they're just not available emotionally either. What that does to us as a young child is it teaches us, one, that we're going to be alone a lot with our emotions. We're going to have to figure things out for ourselves. But also that in order, you know, to get this person's attention and to get their love, we got to work hard. We got to kind of chase them. We got to like act out. Yeah. And, and, you know, acting out in a way that could be, I have to get everything right all the time and be perfect or Mm -hmm. acting out in a way that, you know, is maybe high risk or bad, you know, behaviors and habits. But it's this idea as a young person, your brain kind of gets just conditioned for this in order for somebody to love me and be in my life, I have to work really hard and chase them all around. And like, so that's why, um, you know, for those of us who have suffered with abandonment issues, sometimes in our adult lives, without even realizing it, seek these people who also are inclined to abandon us because that's what our brain is conditioned for. Like, that's just what we know. That's what our comfort zone is, you know, I'm going to work really hard to have you in my life. I'm going to people please, people please, people please. And then you're going to leave me and then I'm going to chase you and then you're going to come back and it's just a vicious cycle. I feel like you're like healing my inner child right now because I I initially just brought up my dad and me and my mom, we have a great relationship now, but growing up, like, it wasn't like that at all. We could not stand each other and she, was, she had me at 16, so she had a lot to learn too. Um, but... Initially, I was thinking about this topic with my dad, but then as you, like, explained that, working hard to, like, feel loved and, like, cared about in your home to us as moms, like, that is the bare minimum that I could give my kid. But, you know, some of us didn't get that same experience, and now hearing you explain that, I'm, like, thinking of everything in a completely, like, different light, so... I'm emotional. (laughs) Yeah, and I think, you know, I don't know how comfortable Heavy is to talk about her experience of having me as a mom. um, But what I will say is, because I'm on both ends of the spectrum, meaning that I was a mom. And you had her young, too. Right, right. I, I, I have the experience of being a mother. And I also have the experience of being somebody's daughter. You know, Heavy can tell me a story from her childhood that was hurtful or something that happened. Recently, we were talking about her report cards, like, (laughs) the other day. And how she feels like she's hypercritical on herself now when it comes to grades. Because I was hypercritical on her regarding her grades. And so she's telling me... And I'm like, no, I don't remember. And she's like, and that's what we do as mom, you know, like, because yeah. you you don't you don't own it, you I'm know. Like, you, I have a C in this class. And yeah. She's like, there's nothing wrong with a C. And I'm right. Like, 
Since when? Since <laughs> then. I was a straight A student for so long, and the first time she came home with a B, I was so critical of that B. And later, I think a therapist I was working with said to me, but did you mention anything about all the A's? Like, there was yeah. one B, but there was all these other A's. And I think that's, you know, something, when we talk about setting boundaries, we also want to point out the good that we do. I feel like that's where I also give my mom grace, too, is because, like, she was a young mom, like I said. She had me at 16, so, I mean, she was a child, literally literally herself having mm-hmm. a child. So we were learning things together, and as, like, hard as it was in that moment for me to understand, like, as a mom now to two little kids, I could not imagine having my kids at 16 years old. Mm-hmm. I would have... I would have died. I, yeah, and and yeah. and to give grace doesn't excuse or mean that she didn't do some wrong things too. Like, yeah, there was some things as a mom that I did really wrong when I was raising my girls, and so it's okay that you know all of it can be expressed, and that's what I think. When you guys started this platform, that's what I was excited about, like talking about the reality of what motherhood is and we don't always get it right but that that's you know we give ourselves grace for that a lot of moms struggle with um finding the balance of like breaking the cycle and not doing what their parents did like setting the boundaries like I'm not going to do this with my kids I could give you a list of things that Mm -hmm. I feel like that about um but I feel like a lot of moms struggle with that because they're like constantly like from their trauma like falling back into those patterns but then they're still trying to set those boundaries of, like, I need to respect myself as a parent, as a mom, and then also respect my kids. And my mom has always said it best. Like, you can't break that cycle if you don't have the skill set to break that cycle, which is something that she tells me all the time. And we all basically need to go to therapy, so. I think <laughs> No, because I, I feel like I was probably, I don't know, nine or ten when I said to myself, I'm going to be so different than my mom. Like, I'm going to do it different. But I also think it's easy to say that when you are not a mom yet. Like and I, you, yeah, I yeah, yeah. been through the day-to-day of being a mom. You kind of touched with me on, like, your story and, like, what you've been through. And I will say that, like, I just feel like it keeps getting better, like, going down the line for parents mm-hmm. because you had trauma And you said, I'm not going to do that with my kids. And then, like, you may have done stuff wrong with your kids, but, like, it wasn't near what it was with your mom, you know? Yeah. And it just keeps going. Yeah, it does. And and that is the goal, I think, to, like, you're going to make mistakes. Like, your kids, there's going to be some trauma somewhere. But I think the goal is for each generation to have, you know, more skills than the previous generation. And you've recognized it now, and even though, like, it's later in life, you're trying to fix it, and you're trying to do better and build better relationships, so I, I, kudos to you, you know? Yeah, that's the same with my mom. Like, just recently, we had a conversation when she came for my daughter's birthday, and um, she was like, I invalidated everything that you said to me, that you told me, and I couldn't do the bare minimum for you, and, um, you know... I guess the goal is just to be happy, you know, just to be happy and to set boundaries with yourself, set boundaries with your family, set boundaries with everyone Mm -hmm. and just live your life the way you want to live it and just be happy with that, you know. Know that you're worthy of your needs being met. Be okay to set your boundaries because you deserve 
what you need as a mom your needs are valid you deserve what you need so you are worthy of your boundaries um okay so the next two they kind of um go together uh eight says crossing someone's physical boundaries without permission and nine says letting someone touch you or have sex with you even if you don't want to what do you think that means i think that would lend to a conversation about what are some boundaries within your marriage um regarding sex i heard your episode where you guys talked about having a lot of sexual chemistry i know heavy you said that's not an issue in your marriage but i would imagine that there are some moms especially like right after having children um having multiple children who who aren't always in the mood and who don't want to have sex so what are the boundaries and the rules around sex within your marriage so how do you feel comfortable to tell your husband no when you when you don't want to have sex oh 100 percent. do you ever feel guilty about saying no 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 <laughs> because sometimes he annoys me and i'm like i don't even want you to breathe my air <laughs> but for the most part like we i guess sometimes i do feel guilty because and this is mostly like right after i had the baby cuz mm-hmm. now i feel like i don't have any issue and it it is what it is but i feel like when you have the baby your hormones are all over the place mm-hmm. and you don't like you said you don't feel good mm-hmm. and that's postpartum is one of the most disgusting times of a woman's life in my personal opinion like i felt disgusting um and i never wanted to be touched and um there's a good thing there's like an 8 week wait period or whatever Six. Oh, heaven knows. It's six. Yeah, I got a hundred kids. I know. Um, whatever it is, it was like, it was like four months for me. So I just didn't want to do anything. And so here, let me flip this. How does it feel when they say no? They don't. Nobody tells me no. Oh, so if, if your husband refuses sex, is that different? That doesn't exist in my world. Who refuses? If he were to tell me no, I would think that something is wrong. Like, but so yes. if the woman tells the man no, it should be understood. I understood um, that I needed time to heal and uh-huh. like that I didn't For feel sure. the best. And I think that childbirth is like an amazing thing that women do. And I feel like that's the least you can do to give me my space and to respect that like I'm not ready. But what about vice versa? If he would ever tell me he doesn't want to have sex, then I would be like, okay, we'll try again tomorrow. <laughs> but like, and the I, reason I why I bring it up isn't that, to, isn't to sit, to gaslight us out of not wanting to have sex at certain times, but also to just have some consideration that the men have emotional responses to things too. I know yeah. you guys don't want to talk about that. Women, should have conversations with their partners, men too, in regards to what are our boundaries around sex? What is, you know, what, how do I get my needs met without dishonoring what you need, you know? I feel like that's where a lot of um, communication issues come in because Mm -hmm. the way that people say things and communicate things isn't probably the healthiest way. Um, Also, I think Everyone should go to therapy. Like, but <laughs> sidebar, I sent my mom something the other day and it was, what did it say? I got to pull it up now. Crush depression with Animal Crossing, weekly group mental health sessions, 
while gaming. I thought it was genius. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I feel like men would be more inclined to go to therapy if they could play, video, could games. play video games. But yeah. all of us, all of us. Yeah, I was just saying, I think that that's where a lot of, like, communication issues come in, and you just have to, like, work through that. Like, that's, I think, why postpartum, that period of time, is, like, one of the hardest times for everyone, because... There's not a lot of communication going on, and there's moms that are in their head, and mm-hmm. it's just a lot. Yeah. Um, and if you can get through that, you can get through anything. Yeah, yeah. And women creating spaces to express themselves. I Sometimes I, I feel like if you say anything opposite of this, you know, my baby is the most beautiful amazing gift mm-hmm. that ever happened in my whole life if you say anything opposite of that like, then it's like you're a bad mom yeah. Yeah. and there's a lot of nuances mm-hmm. to becoming a mother a lot of emotional you know shifts and changes yeah. and it's not always 100%. sunshine and rainbows so just ha- yeah having space to just say that for the mom and for the dad i actually just saw somebody the other day say that social media has Moms believing that their families and their kids are their biggest burdens. And I think it's, like, completely the opposite because, like, when I saw that, I was, like, almost shocked that somebody would put that online because it's – social media has you believing that you're not allowed to have burdens and you're not allowed to feel feelings because you're supposed to be a perfect mom. Your kids are perfect. Your relationship's perfect. I feel like it's definitely – changing because there's more mo- like this yeah. like mm-hmm. we, right we're speaking out yeah, and like for sure. creating a space like you said for moms to come and you know feel understood but a lot of people are against that right now yeah. like a lot of people will sit there and try to perfect their life online and just in general like you never know what's going on behind closed doors right. but this what you guys are doing is so meaningful having a village of women who can feel safe to say, you know, this is hard, is is life-changing. For, it's going to change a lot of people um, and give them support that that they need and maybe didn't even realize that they need. Yeah. So yeah. you guys are, what so you're doing. so much feedback, especially on the default parenting episode. I yes. have received so many messages. Actually, we just had a TikTok video, like, go viral. Like, a lot of people were responding to... A comment that I said, everyone says it takes a village, but where's the village? Mm. But you're creating it. You're creating it with this podcast. Okay, last one. Doing what someone else wants, even if it's against your values, ethics, or your moral compass. Like, I feel like I know what I believe, Mm -hmm. and I'm grounded in that. Yes, 100%. Where the boundary gets confusing, I feel like, is when another human comes into my space who believes something... Totally opposite. Totally opposite. That seems crazy. Not right. <laughs> like so. Let me. So an example would be this. Okay, men who believe that women get raped because they dress a certain oh. way. <sighs> like there's some, and it's, I shouldn't say men because there's women too. Like there's some people who believe that based on how a woman dresses. Or portrays herself. She should have she, attention. She, just, you know, yeah. should expect to, that men are going to assault her. I know that I don't believe that, right? Like, yeah. so then I feel like there have been times in my life where 
I'm very grounded in my belief about that, but I've dated somebody who doesn't believe that. Like, who makes comments like, Mm -hmm. she deserved that because she had that little skirt on. Mm -hmm. So that's where, like, the boundary for me gets a little bit weird. Yeah, when when I started dating as an adult, I have a checklist. And if you don't meet these certain things that I am passionate about and like and, str- and strongly believe and hold in my heart, like you're not there, you won't make it. Like mm-hmm. because there are things that I'm very very passionate about, and mm-hmm. I can't have you in my space if you believe the complete opposite. It's just not going to work. We're going to clash. Yeah, I can say something right now, and it's going to sound like super crazy. Um, Nothing Sarah, is crazy. I'm about to cut you off on this podcast. <laughs> Nothing is crazy. <laughs> um, my husband, he was raised in a very like conservative family, and you know we kind of like talked about that. He is a diehard Trump fan. Like he loves Trump, and he loves him. Like, like right now, like right now, he loves him. Like in in this exact moment, right now. I, I don't know the point of it. <laughs> Is that I don't, you know, mm-hmm, and I have mm-hmm. very, very, very different See, that's on my beliefs. List. But the thing is, when I got married, I was 19 years old and I was young and dumb. And I'm not saying that if not I would have dumb, not dumb, not I'm not saying that I wouldn't have gotten married if I would have known that then. I mean, I just didn't do my research and we got <laughs> married very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something that him and I like struggle with a lot. Um, and not so much anymore because I feel like, like, as he's understood, like, my views and we can talk about it, um, it's not, like, at first it was unhealthy. Like, it was toxic. Like, we mm-hmm. would scream at each other and, like, he wouldn't get it. But now he's starting to, like, understand what I'm saying and, you know, he has certain points that I'm like, okay, I can see what you're saying, but I still don't like him. And we have two completely different views on things like that. I It's a struggle sometimes. Yeah. And so that's where, like the boundary gets weird for me because I have to be like, we're not talking about this. Mm -hmm. Like I'm going to do, I think I find comfort in knowing that like every single person married or not in the world, like has their own opinion. It has their own like, uh, right to express that and to vote and to do whatever. So to me in my head, I'm like, that's where I can like draw the line and be like, I don't want to talk about it with you. I don't agree with you on certain things and it's just going to cause like arguments and fights but you do you for me personally i i just i feel like for the people that are in my space we can disagree on like things like the kind of pizza that you like or the kind but like basic human rights and like or things that i think are wrong like i i can't have you in my space if we disagree on that like the trump thing that was on my list i on my list of things that if you believe in that you cannot be in my space I agree to an extent because I I think that you can have healthy relationships and not, like, completely agree. Like, if there's things that we don't agree on, like, I feel like I can still have a healthy relationship with you and, like, not... It depends on what it is to me. But you see, like, when it comes to race or being sexually assaulted, Mm -hmm. like, you know, stuff like that that's really serious, like, I can't really get past. I think that is what we're talking about, and I'm glad we're having this conversation. A huge part, and we said this earlier in the podcast, podcast of being able to set boundaries is the safety of the space and so you know I I my friends we don't agree on all things like we have varying opinions but 
they don't try to get me to think the way they think. I don't right. try to get yeah. them to think the way I think. So, you know, we respect each other and we love each other regardless of, you know, these differing opinions. Right. Yeah. But if you're in a, in a space with somebody who they, you know, have this belief that, mm. to go back to my earlier example, that women deserve to be assaulted because of how they dress. That's not a Then I'm, I'm led yeah. to... Be, yeah, that's not a... Yeah. That means that depending on how I come out of the house, you may feel like you deserve to, yeah. to have yeah. access yeah. to my body. Right. Like, so now I'm not safe. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. so I think that's the difference. I think, yeah, like, we just had yesterday, like, drag queens reading to kids. And that was... It got blown up into this huge thing. I don't even think it was about the kids anymore. Like, it was just about the fact that people did not want them there. From what I can tell, it's a pretty conservative town. Um, I think that a lot of people have issues with that. And I was like, I don't want to expose my kids to that this young. Because my kids are three and not even two yet. So, like, I don't want to have them come to me when I can't explain something to them and they can't fully understand it. My toddler would not know what was going on you know I but like... I don't think that she would question it either right so that's what then that's what I was gonna say I feel like for that example to me it's just it's just people reading to my children like they're yeah. they're, they're gonna look at it as them just being read to my issue with the whole thing was I don't well, care we talked about it you said that there was gonna be a lot of like yeah riots, riots. And, stuff and you wouldn't take your yeah. children in that kind of space because and... it's not safe for them anymore right. you know and I don't think that's why I said I don't think it was about the kids at all at that point because if it was then like this would not be happening. You wouldn't have... They had literally... You know the Nazi sign? I can't even think of what... A swastika? Yes, that. They had flags with that on... Like, it was not about the kids. And so, I think... um, Like, all the people that were there, I don't think they were all from this town. You brought up, you know, drag queens, but it immediately triggered me to think about critical race theory, right? Like, so this um, push to take teaching the history of our country and kind of these issues of racism out of our textbooks and out of our education and our kids are too young to be exposed to you know learning about the history and and I when I think about that and I was just actually thinking about it the other day um I as a young person was exposed to racism so like at you know a very young age Somebody, I, I told you last week, you know, yeah. somebody told me I couldn't swim in their pool because the chemicals in my hair and skin would contaminate the water. I was eight or nine. That. Right. Their yeah. parents told them that. I was eight or nine when, when somebody said that to me. So as a young child, I am experiencing the trauma of racism that it's happening to me. You know what I mean? To have that education. Yeah. So like, so regardless of that's something that's happening in my world. I would want other people to be educated about it as early as I'm being exposed to it so that they know not to do that. Yeah, and I think that, like, all of that ties together with boundaries because when, like, when you first came in the house and um, you kind of, you kind of, she, I mean, I'm just going to be honest. She was like, do you like black people? And I was like, and if you can't can't see, if you can't see our pictures, I did, sometimes he, people don't know that Heaven has a black mom yeah. because Heaven, you know, is she's lighter skinned, um, her hair texture is different. So sometimes people don't know. You know, that was the first thing. You wanted to make sure that you're in a safe space. And also, um, I'm a white woman, you know, and I what? was not... 
Yeah, you didn't know? Mm-hmm. No, I had no I, idea. I wasn't exposed to anything like that growing up. Mm-hmm. So I feel like, um, like I told you, my, my parents raised me um, to not look at, I mean, I've literally never looked at anybody's skin color and thought anything differently of them. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, a lot of people don't have that same experience and, and how they were raised and brought up. And I feel like that, ties into boundaries that when you are in spaces like that, like even before you like sat down, you were like, we just got to get it off our chest because that's your boundary. You know, that's something that's important to you. And as you know, people coming into my house, I would never want you or heaven to feel like, you know, you're not welcome here because of your race, you know, thank you for I'm trying to pat myself on the back. No, for honoring that. But that that is what she said about, like, basic human rights. Right, yeah. That's basic human rights. That's not a boundary. That's just... Right, yeah. That's just what it is. We had a good talk. (laughs) (laughs) This will probably end up being our longest episode, to be honest. Yes. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, I think we had a good conversation today. Yes, Um, we did. With that being said, you know how we end these episodes. Let's give you guys your peace and your silence and... You know, time to just think about the things that we said. Time to think about your day. And here's your 60 seconds of silence. We'll see you on Friday. See ya.